0: A reading from the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And now a reading from the Gospel according to Luke. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. Then he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Immediately she got up and began to serve them. As the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various kinds of diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on each of them and cured them. Demons also came out of many shouting, "You are the Son of God." But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Messiah. The word of
1: the Lord. Well, a very good morning to all of you, and what a privilege it is to be standing among you again. Uh, I was trying to work out the times we've been here, since we've been here, and that was we arrived in uh, the summer of 2003, and we worshipped with you uh, for about three and a half years, but it feels like in many ways just yesterday. And especially from the warmth and the welcome that I receive every time I come back, it feels like in many ways we never left. I wish we'd never left. We're not going back. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> but thank you again for allowing me to feel so at home when, I, when I'm here and for the opportunity to share the word of the Lord with you. With that in mind, let us pray. Almighty God, make your word alive and powerful in our lives. Pierce our hearts with your two-edged sword that you would separate us from us, all that prevents us from loving you, from knowing you, from sharing you. We pray these things in the name of the Christ. Amen. Well, it is indeed an auspicious week. I don't know if you realize it, but in this week, you will not only lose an hour, but you will have a full moon, and it is Friday the 13th. <laughs> but if you think this coming week is bad, last week we had Super Tuesday. Now, I don't know how you voted, and actually, I really don't want to, but I would imagine that all of us, regardless of what box we may or may not have checked, that you, like me, are looking for someone who's going to set this mess straight. In some ways, it really doesn't matter what the candidates' platforms are, or how clearly they articulate their policies, how likable even that they are, but if they could just look at the world around us and find the fix. But I don't know if Super Tuesday is going to cure that because where are the superheroes? We need someone to save us from ourselves. Netflix recently released a series called The Messiah I don't know if any of you have seen it yet it's I have not seen it but I've read a lot of articles about it it's based on this very question that we are looking for someone all of us in our lives we're looking that maybe there is someone that we can lift up or identify or see who's going to save us from ourselves the premise is that there is a man who has appeared from nowhere whose message seems to touch the deep desire that, that hope, that yearning that we have for something and someone more. The series talks about the fluctuations of, of faith and doubt and suspicion and confusion. But the people are desperately clinging to maybe, just maybe, this, this idea that there will be someone who can save us. Now, one of my favorite phrases in French is, plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. Which is to say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. We aren't any different from any other generation. We just happen to have Netflix. But if you start looking about how people have been looking for this special sauce, this special someone, this, this savior, savior, All you have to do is look at our biblical uh, ancestors. It's clear that we share some societal DNA. The Israelites, as they came to understand their identity as the people of God, they were looking for someone among them who had some awareness, who was willing to take on responsibility, who could understand this holiness called God, this something else. So they, with God's instigation, anointed Aaron and his family to serve as priests among them, that, that somehow they could represent this holiness in their midst, and that people would be reminded that there is someone who could save them. As time went on, among their numbers, clearly some were gifted with the ability or, and the proclivity for speaking up, for sharing truth to power. They had a voice that, that resonated among the people that, that brought a message that, that inspired and touched that yearning inside. Think of Nathan to David. Think of Elijah to Ahab and the gods of Baal. Think of Isaiah and Amos. Prophets who seem to have this, this connection ...with the divine and could speak this word of hope. The prophets was where they, the Israelites put most of their attention... ...just so that they would know that there is something more. But even while the prophet Samuel was holding his own against the Philistines... ...the Israelites began to get frustrated that maybe, maybe a prophet isn't enough... Maybe they, maybe they should identify some other kind of leader. Maybe like the leaders that everybody else has around them. Maybe they needed their own king. And so, God listened to their fussing and said, All right, I'll give you a king. I'll give you David. And God anointed David king of Israel. All right, so there aren't any elections in this particular understanding here. There's nobody really voted for any of these people. But everything that the Israelites were asking for, God provided. He did so through the anointment of priests and prophets and kings. Now, the Hebrew word for anointing or anointed one is Mashiach from which we understand the word Messiah. In these people, in the priests and prophets and kings, those who were anointed, there was an understanding of a savior of sorts, a leader, someone who, who bridged the gap between what was on earth and what was in heaven, what we're living through, the mess we're in, and the way things should be. The anointing was that this person, this Messiah, would be the answer to all their concerns, would solve all their problems. In the manifestation of this Messiah, all the hopes and desires of the Israelites would be found. Now, as time went on, it became fairly evident that if God wasn't involved in the process or wasn't allowed to remain in the process, if if somehow this person who was set apart lost their connection with the divine, that things would begin to fall apart. Leaders always fell short of their responsibilities. Rarely were they able to answer all the expectations which were justly laid on them. That is to say, without the awareness and the ownership and the possession of God's anointing, no human being would ever be able to save the world. Now, at this point, the manifestation of a Messiah, as they understood it, was going to be someone like us. In fact, it was going to be somebody among us. That's kind of the way things had been going. The mental image when anybody mentioned the word Messiah was that it was going to be a human being, one of them whom God would set apart, identify, and maybe if God didn't give us the right answer, maybe we could sort of ease it along and lift somebody up on our own, but that was going to be somebody who was like us. But as the the humanity of this anointed ones that they had lifted up before revealed themselves, it became pretty, they began to realize that maybe we're reading the scriptures wrong. And as you listen to some of the prophecies, you begin to hear that the prophecies speak not only of qualities that human beings would exhibit, but of of something more. Take a look at the book of Isaiah. As the Jews considered their situation, as desperate as it was, Isaiah's prophecy that an individual would liberate the Jews from their Babylonian captivity seemed at first to point to Cyrus, king of Persia. And yet, if you read it a little bit more closely, it, there's what may be a, a, a foretelling, a revelation that there in this Messiah would be something that no mere mortal could offer. Listen again to the passage from this morning. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me. Or a little earlier in the book of Isaiah in chapter 53, He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. He had nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. Surely, he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases." He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him is the punishment that has made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities, because he poured himself out to death. He was numbered among the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession. many thought this was going to be cyrus but cyrus couldn't fit this bill the anointed one the messiah was clearly someone that no human mind could conceive no no human thought would consider a savior like this how could anyone bear the transgressions of all of us. Well, you know how humans are, right? At some point we have this moment of clarity. And even as it became clearer to them in these particular prophecies that this this Messiah, this Savior, was going to be one from God, even in those moments of clarity, you know how it goes. Life takes over. And when life takes over, we sort of lose that 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 inspiration that awareness, that certainty of, of how we understood God was acting in their midst. And so without the, the clear presence of God, without clear indications, without any sign or symbol, they began to take matters into their own hands again and began to read the scriptures the way they always had. Surely this Savior is going to be one of us or of our design of our manufacturing surely this leader if we build somebody up and up if we if we if we look out on the crowd and we identify those those innate leaders those those ones who had that that personality that charisma if we can lift one enough they will save us so when the jews found themselves oppressed under roman rule they got serious about this And they really started to scour the scriptures for some promise, for some sign or symbol that what this human being was going to look like. They began to read Isaiah slightly differently on this whole Messiah thing. Listen to the passage from Isaiah 11 and you, you can pick up what they might have heard. With righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he will kill the wicked. What they heard was that surely the one who's going to come to save them, the Messiah, will be one who can wrest the power from these Roman usurpers. Those intruders will show, who show no regard for God's chosen will crumble under the wrath of this Savior. John the Baptist's message only fueled their ferocity. Listen to Matthew 3, he says, His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. That's it. That's what we're looking for. This one will bring out a new era for us, for us, the Jews, the the chosen ones of God. He will establish his own political kingdom. He will take out the Romans. He will wipe them out. He will establish a throne like that of David. Hosanna, God save us. Salvation has come. This is the fervor, the environment into which Jesus appeared. No surprise then, that when he stepped up to the pulpit and opened the scriptures to Isaiah 61 and read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the oppressed, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and release the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, that the people stood up and noticed. He spoke with authority. He healed, and people became well. There's something about this character, Jesus. Could he? Is he? In the fluctuations between faith and doubt and suspicion and confusion, people were desperate. And after centuries of speculation, they were looking for the one they'd been waiting for. Is this the priest the prophet, the king whom God has anointed from eternity past. And yet, when Jesus stepped down from the pulpit and walked into Simon Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law, even after he healed countless other people, they still did not have eyes to see or ears to hear that the answer to their questions, the answer to their yearning was right there in front of them. They just went along business as usual. Maybe someday God will save us. It is fascinating, even ironic, that the only ones who spoke the truth were the demons. They knew who he was. You are the son of God, the Messiah. And Jesus silenced them. I have to tell you, this strikes me as really odd. If Jesus' mission was to proclaim good news and bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners and comfort those who mourn, why keep it quiet? Who cares who said it? It's still the truth. Why would he shut them up? If you look at the Gospel of Mark, Jesus does everything in his power. By the way, that's pretty significant. Jesus does everything in his power to keep his identity under wraps. It's called the messianic secret. Why for heaven's sakes? Well, mostly because he knew full well that what he was wasn't what they were looking for. The Jews had loaded their understanding of the Messiah with their understanding, their own constructs, their own expectations. Their definitions of success meant a political kingdom, relief from the Romans, a ruler, a throne like David's. And this was his opportunity to set the record straight, and yet he shushed them. Because Jesus knew that they weren't ready to see or hear or comprehend who he really was. He knew full well they were too caught up in the immediate, the drama of of all the miracles, the healing, this this phantasm of, of what he was bringing was too much for them to be able to sort through all of that and all their human hopes and desires to see who he really was. You see, they, like us, are drawn, were drawn to evidence-based, proven scientific theory. The human mind does not often allow for a transcendent, otherworldly possibility. When Jack asked me to preach this Sunday, he said, We're doing a series about knowing Jesus. I'd like you to do the one on knowing the Messiah, Jesus as Messiah. Are we ready to see or hear or know Jesus as Messiah? Are we any different than our biblical ancestors? For herein lies the problem. Our plans for how life should go and how it should be conducted. Our maneuverings to make sure that we're in the right place at the right time with the right stuff. Our meager attempts to make some sense out of our lives and the communities around us. Our feeble efforts to straighten out this mess for centuries have amounted to nothing but false promises and failed attempts our self-conceived superheroes haven't held a candle to God's plan for humanity from eternity past. It should be evident to us by now that if God isn't sovereign in our lives and how we live them, that because we as humans will always fail, it doesn't matter what decision we make, it doesn't matter what leader we elect, It doesn't matter what responsibilities we take on in the living of our daily lives, without God, we will fall short. That is to say that without God's anointing, no one will ever save the world. No wonder the demons were calling Jesus out this was no ordinary human being this isn't wasn't one of them he didn't fit the bill of the human construct this man was bringing good news like no one had ever heard before this one was was reaching in and binding the broken-hearted this Jesus the one in their midst He was proclaiming liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to us, we who have been captive to the fabrications of what we want, we who think we have all we need to get out of this mess if we could just get it right, we who are prisoners of history, prophecies, and politics, Jesus the Anointed, the Messiah. The Christ came to save us. No superhero, no Super Tuesday, no superhero can do it. But if we know Jesus, if we know the Messiah, then we will know that he has indeed proclaimed the year of the Lord's favor. And the day of the vengeance of our God is upon us. Our salvation is in Jesus the Christ. Hosanna. God save us. Amen.